Welcome to this week eight edition of Bruce Bonin's Computer Points. By the way, this is our 59th such podcast. That means we have an anniversary next week, Rebecca. Okay. I, of course, am Bruce Bonin, your host, broadcasting from the our studio in the heart of Minster, Ohio, home of the 6-2 and two Minster Wildcats. Owners, by the way, of a five-game MAC winning streak. You don't see many of those outside of Maria Stein. We'll hold on to it while we can. Yes. Also, checking in from the greater Cincinnati area, home of our 21st-ranked Cincinnati Bearcats, we have our co-host, executive producer, and chief researcher, who's currently being attacked by her cat, Rebecca Monin. This is a constant state of being for me. I'm not home enough to entertain him. Speaking of not being home enough, I understand from your Snapchat you were at the Cincinnati Bearcat homecoming game on Saturday. So I sure was. What were your thoughts on the experience? Uh, the band looked good. I'm glad I didn't do it because they had a 645 call time. The weather was lovely. I'm assuming that was AM. It was AM. Yes. yes. The weather was lovely, and the cats did their traditional thing where we were panicked and worried the whole time when we really shouldn't have been. Under Coach Luke Fickle, they do have a tendency to occasionally play down to their competition, keep the game interesting, make sure the fans get their money's worth of worry. Yeah, we certainly didn't feel safe leaving until the game was over, so they did do that for the concession stands, I guess. We'll assume that is the purpose there. <laughs> We shall see our Bearcats get a much-needed bye week this week. You know, my inflatable eight-foot-tall UC Bearcat really enjoyed the bye week. I'm sure it did. Getting out of the wind here, taking a nice rest. So no games this weekend. I'm sure that's how, uh, what is that, vinyl? I'm sure vinyl definitely heals when it's folded up instead of in use. Not having all that tension on those guide wires can can hurt, I tell you. But anyway, big road games coming up this weekend off to relax, have no worry. Then at SMU and at UCF, we get the big uh, initial teams, huh? Smoo. Smoo and Uckoff? I don't know. I think think just UCF is good. (laughs) UCF it is. Central Florida in the bounce house, which is called that just because they constructed so poorly. When they jump up and down, the whole stadium kind of goes up and down with it. That sounds terrifying. It might be made that way to stand up to hurricanes better. That would make sense. Yeah. That's my current uninformed opinion, by the way. As long as it's intentional. Somebody took in the stress analysis in mind. I'm told it's not a concern, so it must be. Whether it was intentional or not, I have no idea. Getting back to our high school football. Once again, Rebecca, I am limiting us to just one score of the week. We have Campbell Memorial, two and six, playing three and five Warren champion. Campbell Memorial won 21 to 14. Okay. Nothing too special about that result in and of itself, uh, except that Campbell Memorial was a 30-point underdog in this game. And earlier this year, they lost 63 to nothing to a team that is currently two and five, Columbiana Crestview. 
Okay, so they suddenly figured out how to play football? They had a tough start to the year, it sounds like. It's nice to see a team like that not just fold it up, but keep on going and improve as the year goes on, huh? Yeah. And again, just one score of the week. We have much to get to, and we don't mean to keep you people here for hours on end. I do want to do a quick review of a little terminology, though, Rebecca. Okie doke. Most of you, I'm sure, know this, but we have the playoffs coming up. The top 16 teams in each region make the playoffs. So sometimes we'll talk about whether a team makes the playoffs. Sometimes we might talk about whether they finish in the top 16. That is one and the same thing. We will also discuss whether a team can finish in the top eight because those that do get to host their initial playoff game. And if a team finishes in the top four, they get to host two playoff games at home, assuming, of course, they win the first one. Correct. Yes. Diving right in. Division two, region eight. No changes in playoff status this week. And by the way, there were many fewer than I thought again this week. It's going to have to start happening next week because we're running out of games in the season, Rebecca. We are. So unless all of the uh, playoffs seats are claimed and defined, we should have some movement coming up. That's for sure. We're going to start with Piqua. They are number five right now in the rankings. Same as last week. They are a four to five touchdown favorite in their final two games. So not much drama expected in Piqua to finish the regular season. Good, good. If they win these games, they probably drop down to number six in the final standings. No competition means no computer points, right? It sure does. Moving down to number eight, Troy. They are only a three to four touchdown favorite in their last two games. So still a big favorite, but not quite as obvious. They only need one win if they want to stay in the top eight in the standings. Two will definitely get them there, but no better. I'm expecting Troy to finish, oh, hmm, number six, something like that. At number 12, we have Sydney. They're so close. They have almost <laughs> clinched their playoff spot again. I kept looking, uh, can't quite say it yet. I think they're probably in, but yeah, we'll have to see. If they can get a win this week over three and four Stebbins, they are definitely in the playoffs. So that sounds doable for Sydney. And finally, we have Lima Sr., Currently number 15, three and five record, started with three wins to the season, currently on that five-game losing streak. And it it still just boggles my mind. But when I look at the numbers, it still says it. If they lose their final two games to lose their last seven of the year, they should still end up number 15. They should not drop any farther. So their best hope to get another win, though, is this week they play one and seven Toledo St. Francis to sales. Although, believe it or not, the computer says they are a two-touchdown underdog in this game. Hmm. To get a little bit of spice and differentiation in this podcast, we're going to be trading off some of the regions. Also give Dad a break. So I'll be covering Region 10, a big old meaty region we just have Defiance to talk about. They also have not locked in a spot. We don't know if they're in or out yet. They're very so they're sitting, close. Very, very close. close. They're sitting at number 13. They fell three spots after losing to six and two Salina uh, with a score of 15 to seven. So close game, not a lot of exciting action, but I'm sure they were biting their nails. Surprisingly, both Defiance and Salina are Bulldogs, so I'm not going to refer to them as that. Fun fact there. 
but the Defiance Bulldogs are likely to be in the playoffs anyway. They are very, very close and are currently number 13. And they'll ensure their postseason spot with a win over Ottawa Glendorf this week, who have a 1-7 in seven record, so that should be doable. So that's where we are with Region 10. Moving down to Region 11, we've got just Bell Fountain. I get all the tough regions this week. Bell Fountain is uh, locked in for the playoffs. They're sitting at number three right now. They have moved up one position after they beat five and three Jonathan Adler 27 to seven this week. That would be Jonathan Alder. Alder makes more sense. Jonathan Alder. They beat Jonathan Alder 27 to seven this week. They've got an upcoming game against two and six Kenton Ridge. They should win that. If they do, that'll get them at least one home playoff game. If they don't, they're still in the playoffs. That is correct. And I get a finish up Division 3, moving down to Region 12. We have an update here. Mm. Salina, number 11, as we just mentioned before. They are newly playoff bound. Their win over Defiance made that possible. A win over either 7-1 Wapakoneta or 6-2 St. Mary's in their final two games will give Salina a good chance of hosting their first postseason game. By the way, if Salina loses both these games, there's a chance they may have to travel to Wapakoneta to open the playoffs. They might see Wapakoneta two times in three weeks. Oh, boy. They'd rather avoid that, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Any... uh... Word on if their game against Wapak before the playoffs is at Salina or Wapakoneta? Certainly. Just know if I had to play a team twice in the same spot, it would seem a little bit like deja vu. Well, fortunately, that is not the case. Wapakoneta actually travels to Salina this week. Hmm. But that means the only way there's a rematch is if Wapakoneta wins a game. And if Salina loses that game at their home stadium, they're probably not relishing the idea of going to Wapakoneta for a rematch. Probably not, yeah. Speaking of Wapakoneta, they are currently number six. They dropped two spots this week. That's what happens because they played winless Lima Bath. If they get that win over Salina, it guarantees Wapakoneta at least one home playoff game. If they can win that one and a second game against 5-3 and three Defiance the next week, That should earn the Redskins a top four ranking in the region. And speaking of top four teams, we passed right over Tip City Tippecanoe, currently ranked number two in the standings. Their final two games are against one and seven Fairborn and two and six Greenville. Mm -hmm. So even if they win out, they should drop to number three in the final standings. Down on the just below the cut line, we have Vandalia Butler, currently ranked number 17. They need one more victory to get into the playoffs. Yeah, it's going to be tough for them. They are three to five touchdown underdogs against both six and two Piqua and five and three Troy to finish off the season. So it seems unlikely we'll be seeing Vandalia Butler in the playoffs. At number 19, Elida, they will make the playoffs if they can upset 7-1 Van Wert this week. They lose the game. There should be no chance they can get in. If they're going to pull that upset, they are currently riding a four-game losing streak. That would take take quite the turnaround to get this this win, I would think. And we have Greenville at number 22. They actually picked up an upset win this last week. Beat Vandalia Butler 35-21 in what was 
a little bit hurtful to Vandalia Butler's playoff hopes, to be honest. If they can get one more upset, they might get into the playoffs at that 16 seed, but they play five and three Troy and seven and one Tippecanoe to finish the season. So it's going to be tough for Greenville also. So in summary, it looks like the teams currently already in the playoffs are good. The teams down at the bottom that we follow are in a lot of trouble. Well, as a little bit of a palate cleanser from all the football before we get more football. Oh, you do? I do. I have word from my source in the figure skating world. Not that it's, there's nothing exciting going on right now. It's just like little pre prelim tournaments before a world champion cycle set starts. I'm, pic- I'm picturing you, you having a source kind of like some CIA type person that meets you in a dark alley to tell you the figure skating news of the day. It's nothing fancy. It's just a guy on Twitter who um, I think is the source for every news article and ice skating fan and ice skating coach in the world, or at least in America, because uh, he goes and watches every competition he can, and nobody else reports on those. So the news for this week is nothing performance-wise. It's just that the world championship locations for the next four years have been set. So if you want to go see the world championship competition for figure skating, and you happen to live in Japan, that's where 2023 is. Saitama, Japan. 24 is in Montreal, Canada, so a little bit more accessible for the American listeners. 2025, even better, is in Boston, so I might Hmm. make a trip out there. That seems fun. Yeah. And 2026 is in Prague, in the Czech Republic. Ooh, Prague. That would also be a fun one to visit, but less doable for me. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, that's the news in the ice skating world. Similarly, in my bicycle racing world the season's pretty much wrapped up there was one race that i always like called il lombardia i prefer its other name it's called the race of the falling leaves i think that's a cool name that is very cool and it was won by the person everyone expected to win it so there was absolutely no drama whatsoever and that was slovenian tade pojakar who had finished second the tour de france and then before this big race, he went to like four warm-up races and destroyed everyone and all of those. So no drama to end the cycling season, I'm afraid. Other news, it's not really news, ice skating world, is that I'm pretty sure every major American male skater that I follow has retired. So I don't know who I'm going to root for this year other than that 17-year-old who's doing amazing things. But like all of my boys are gone. <laughs> Nathan Chen, Jason Brown, I think they're all retired. Retired or moved on to the uh, exhibition skating circuit? Moved on to something that'll make them money, yes. Yes, okay. That makes no longer sense. competing in Worlds or Olympics. Until, of course, the inevitable comeback. <laughs> Maybe. It's the year before the Olympics, right? <laughs> it's possible. All right, well, fortunately, there's lots of drama ahead in the next two weeks here in the high school football world. And we're going to get back to it here as we look at Division Four, Region 14. I'm going to start with number nine, Wasion, because they have newly joined the ranks of the playoff-bound teams with a close 7-3 to three win over 5-3 and three Delta last week. If they can also beat 7-1 Archbold and 4-4 four and four Bryan, they have about a 50-50 chance of reaching the top eight in this region. And moving up to the top eight, At number five, we have Van Wert. They fell one position from fourth last week, 
after they defeated one and seven Kenton. So didn't gain too many points and it cost them a spot in their standings. But they are still guaranteed to finish in the top eight in this region. If they can beat Elida this week, who's four and four, that should allow them to hold on to the number five seed. At number seven, we have St. Mary's. They moved up one spot after defeating Elida last week. But this week, they play winless Lima Bath, so that will do them no good in the computer points. St. Mary's may need a Week 10 win over 6-2 and two Salina if they want to remain in the top eight. There's a chance they'll stay there if they lose. It's, it's, a little, it's a little fuzzy right now, but they might need that win in Week 10. And believe me, that's a big enough rivalry. They'll be trying hard for it. At number 15, we have an interesting team. We have Napoleon. They have two games that, according to the computers, can go pretty much either way. One of them is against 6-2 and two Sylvania Southview, and the other one is against 2-6 and six Bowling Green. I found that intriguing. The computer thinks those two teams are about the same. Hmm. Napoleon is probably in the playoffs, even if they lose both of those games. And they are not going to reach the top eight, even if they win both of those games. So they have two very intriguing games, which may not matter a whole lot either way. <laughs> that is interesting. I wonder, is it the same sort of scores that the computer takes into account? Because I thought it was mostly record-based. Well, it also is how well you do and how good the teams you played were. I'm guessing Bowling Green had a lot tougher schedule than Sylvania Southview. Ah, uh, yes. Oh, you just went to the litter box, didn't you, Jasper? okay he smells like litter (laughs) and by the way (laughs) that comment in no way reminds me that brian is number 16 (laughs) you can just edit it out (laughs) but brian stays squarely on the bubble after they beat two and six evergreen last week if they get a win over one and seven Swanton this week, that should keep them at number 16. You know, as long as there's no other upsets in the region in the region where someone passes them up. Right. Yes. Um, if they want to make sure that doesn't happen and make sure they lock down a playoff spot in week 10, they are going to have to beat six and two Wasion, which will not be easy. And at number 18, we have Ben Logan. They still have a chance to sneak into the playoffs but they have to win both their final games. One's against four and four St. Paris Graham, who's been doing well recently. And the other's against one and seven Springfield Northeastern, which should be a little bit easier of a matchup. Why don't you take us on South there, Rebecca? Sure. I'll try and read all the words before I say them this time. It doesn't always work out. All right. What do we got? There's some, we, okay. We have three teams we follow in Region 16. We've got number six, Urbana, number seven, St. Paris Graham, and number 23, Tip City Bethel. Tip City Bethel is uh, pretty solidly not in the tournament. They're sitting at 23, so that's not going to happen. Computer points-wise, talking about Graham first, they did move up five positions this week with a win over 6-2 and two North Union. That was a... 39 to 33 upset a semi score of the week a semi score of the week yeah moved them up five spots and locked them into the playoffs so they're probably feeling pretty good right now uh they have two more opportunities for wins with 
two and six Ben Logan next week and one and seven Indian Lake. Indian Lake. Uh, if they win those, that should give Graham a home playoff game. And every time Graham wins, as a little fun fact for the local people, Minster gets very happy because that gives us more second level points. So go Graham. Go Graham. Uh, <laughs> we're very happy with last week's game. Number six, Urbana sh- is in the playoff and should lock in a home playoff game if they beat one in seven Springfield Northwestern this week. Seems like a strong possibility there. You would think so. You would think so. The uh, Urbana Hilltoppers, the fun mascot. I would like have that an, one, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like one of those weird ones, like the Stanford Cardinals, that it's just a tree or the, I don't know, it's, it's a fun non-animal one. You know, you don't get those much. Yeah. Anyway, they'd have the outside chance to uh, crack the top four if they also beat 6-2 and two North Union next week. So keep your eyes on them. That could be fun. Hey, Graham did it last week, right? Yeah. Moving down to Division 5. Once again, I'm going to start a little farther down. We have number 11, Liberty Benton. And I'm starting with them because they have now clinched their playoff spot. After a 28-19 win over 5-3 Pandora Gilboa last week. I imagine that was pretty exciting even without the playoff spot being clinched. Um, If they can get some additional wins over 3-5 Arcadia, and a tougher one over 7-1 Macomb, they can reach the top eight and host a playoff game. At the top, we have Liberty Center at number one. They are highly favored to win out, and if so, will remain number one. And if they would happen to lose a game, which I find extremely unlikely, they're going all the way down to number two. Well, maybe. You know, that's if Coldwater wins a lot. If Coldwater loses, they can stay number one anyway. And speaking of cold water, they have risen one more spot this week. They are now number two. It seems like they've had a nice steady rise for a while now. Of course, that kind of happens when you're 8-0, right? It sure does. They gained a lot of points this week when they beat 6-2 and New Bremen. By the way, I saw that one on TV. Mm-hmm. Quick start for cold water. Looked like they might run away with it. New Bremen came back kind of controlled the middle part of the game, and then Coldwater put it away late. Very entertaining game to watch. Coldwater will most likely play at least one home playoff game. If they can get a win over either 6-2 and two Versailles or 8-0 and o Marion Local, they will likely get to host two playoff games, but neither of those are going to be very easy tasks. I tell you, if, if Coldwater does pull off that win against Versailles this week, mm-hmm. A little 9-0 versus 9-0 game between Coldwater and Marion Local for the MAC title could be quite interesting. That would be very exciting. At number six, we have Archbold. They need one more win over either 6-2 Wasion or 4-4 Patrick Henry if they want to earn a home playoff game. And uh, Patrick Henry's been sliding a little bit lately. That might be their best opportunity. In 13th place, we have Defiance Tenora. And I still keep forgetting to ask somebody if they like having the Defiance in front of their name or if they just like being Tenora. Any idea? Personally, no, but I think the Wellers know about Tenora pretty well. We could ask them. We should do that one of these days. But anyway, they fell one place because they beat 1-7 Paulding last week. Again, little reward for a team with few wins. That's true. Now, if they can win over 7-1 Edgerton this week, 
know, that's a lot better record there. That would put Tenor in the playoffs. Although I think they can get away with just winning in week 10 against one and seven Hicksville. That should also get them into the playoffs. So <laughs> they don't have to, not everything is on the line in this game against seven and one Edgerton. It's just kind of fun to act like it is, get all the spirits running high. Oh yeah. Besides, if you just barely eke into the playoffs, you might be playing Liberty Center or Coldwater in that first game. That's true. You still would really like to do very well yes, in you the would. run-up. Speaking of teams in danger of that, we have Delta in 15th place. They fell five spots after their loss to 6-2 and Wasion this last week. They only lost by a score of 7-3. to They now need to beat 4-4 four and four Patrick Henry this week to reach the postseason for certain. Seems like a lot of teams have a desire to beat Patrick Henry, doesn't it? <laughs> I'm sure Patrick Henry is feeling the stress. Patrick Henry's done very well through the years. I'm sure teams don't mind having a chance to return the favor against them this year. But, you know, Delta back to Delta, they might sneak in the playoffs, even if they mm. lose both their games against Patrick Henry and their other games against undefeated Liberty Center. So it's a good thing they have a chance to sneak in without a win. And we have Bluffton squarely on the bubble at number 16. If they get one more win, they'll stay right on the bubble, probably 16th, but not guaranteed. They need two wins to be in for sure. They have a game against four and four Delphus Jefferson. That's probably oh, close to a 50-50 type game, but they are a three touchdown underdog against six and two Columbus Grove in their other matchup. So they might want to win that first game against Delphus Jefferson. Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> we always want to win more games. Well, that goes without it, saying. We might. Yeah. We always want to win every week when anyone's playing football, right? It's kind of the point of the game. Yeah, yeah. None of this having fun and developing life experiences. No. Well, that's just a byproduct. That's not what you're thinking <laughs> of when you're on the field. When I would have, well. Let me throw in a caveat, as I was a proud member of the golf team. <laughs> I would imagine that's not what you're thinking about when you're out there on the field playing the game. <laughs> that's fair. It wasn't when us... I was on the golf course playing the golf match. I was only thinking about winning. Yeah, I have to say my uh, incredibly applicable experiences as a member of the academic team tell me that you do want to win quite a bit. Some of those could get quite uh, intense. And if those games were close near the end, I tell you. Yeah, we got a little bit uh, tense and I would say cutthroat, except all we were doing was hitting the buzzers too quickly. Speaking of which, folks, as someone who actually was a fan at many academic team matches, that is well worth your time to go see one of those sometime. <laughs> Football games are a lot of fun and I never miss, but I enjoyed those academic team matches too, I tell you. Not really allowed to uh, cheer for them as much, though. That's frowned upon. It is frowned upon a little bit, yes. <laughs> Got to keep all of the uh, exclamations inside. Yes, you need to keep the veneer of civility. <laughs> Finishing off Division 5, we're moving to Region 20. Uh, no real changes in playoff status this week. Milton Union, currently number five, heavily favored in their final two games, which is interesting because their opponents are Six and one Dayton Northridge and six and two DeGraff Riverside. So there are a ton of computer points just waiting to be harvested there. Mm -hmm. Got to snap them up. 
If they can get one win, Milton Union should reach the top four. And if they win both games, they just might end up as the top seed in this region. At number seven, we find Jamestown Greenview. They are a four-touchdown favorite in their remaining games. But it looks like they will rise no higher than number six in the standings if they get both those wins. Hmm. Funny thing is, it looks like they might stay number seven even if they lose. It is an interesting time of year. There's both a lot of movement and almost none. Yeah, it kind of depends on who you're playing, I guess, and how close the teams are around you in the standings. Mm-hmm. And we have one more team to cover here, number nine, Preble Shawnee. In the playoffs, but they're going to need an upset of 7-1 Ansonia this week if they have hope of hosting their initial playoff game. Scrolling pause. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. <laughs> Moving down to Division 6. I will start us out here. Columbus Grove, currently number five, picked up another win this week. They look very good for hosting a playoff game. Not guaranteed yet, but it looks good. A win over one and seven Spencerville this week should make it even more likely, although maybe still not quite guaranteed yet. If they can win in week 10 over five and three Bluffton, that will ensure their home playoff game. But probably not enough points there to get them into the top four, just into the top eight. At number 13, we find Patrick Henry, who who we've mentioned a couple of times already. They're on a two-game losing streak. They are the underdog in their final two games. There's a very good chance they'll still hold on to a playoff spot anyway, but it really wouldn't hurt if they could beat 5-3 and Delta this week. Just behind them at number 14, we find Mount Blanchard Riverdale. They have a three-game losing streak going. I'm feeling a trend here. (laughs) Oh, no. There is also a good chance they can slide into the playoffs without a win, but they are actually favored next week when they play 3-5 and Arcadia. And we have Wayne Trace at number 16. They will need to upset 6-2 and two Ayersville this week to stay alive for a playoff spot. The same goes for number 17, Van Buren. They will need to upset 7-1 Arlington. And the same goes for number 19, Evergreen. They will need an upset over 8-0 Liberty Center. So we have three teams all in trouble unless they can pull off a big win. We wait eagerly to see what they do this week. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. You watch sometimes almost nothing happens from what you expect, but it just takes one or two upsets to really turn things upside down. Well, with that fun commentary, we'll go from the the, the uh, turbulent <laughs> Region 22 to a little bit more certainty in, in Region 23. We're just following West Jefferson here. They're sitting at number nine, locked in the playoffs. They do need to win out if they want to get a home playoff game. But, you know, they could they could lose their game this week because they're playing Mechanicsburg the week after. And Mechanicsburg comes with a lot of points. The game this week is against three and five Fairbanks. Yeah. And Mechanicsburg, as we have or will discuss, will discuss. I think they're upcoming. I'm sure they are. Um, yeah. Anyway, Mechanicsburg, as we will go into detail with, I'm sure, is currently six and two and looking pretty good. So, yep, this is one of those strange situations where it doesn't really matter too much what West Jefferson does this week. It's it all comes down to that mechanics per game, whether they get a host a playoff game or not. And in region 24, 
Marion Local, still number one. They're going to end the year number one. Um, <laughs> right now, it's looking like Dayton Christian might be the sacrificial lamb that goes to Maria Stein for that first round playoff game, although there's still a lot of fight going on for that honor. I'm sure they're all looking forward to that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Allen East at number two has just locked in a home playoff game for certain. They should easily win out their final two games and earn the number two seed in the, in thus two home playoff games. Even if they suffer a huge upset loss in either of their remaining games, I think they're still going to end up at number three in the standings and still get a host two playoff game. So <laughs> get those playoff tickets and concession stand ready over there at Allen East. At number three, we have Versailles, who defeated one and seven St. Henry last week. Versailles is looking good for being able to host a home playoff game, not guaranteed yet. They want to guarantee it. They need at least one win against undefeated Coldwater and six and two Minster. If they win both those games, they might host their first two postseason matchups. Yeah, I would not be surprised if they did. Yeah, that's a lot of points just waiting for them there. Mm-hmm. But also a lot of opportunities to get zero points in those games. Yes, quite a few. Moving down to number seven, we have Tri-Village. They finished the season favored against two six and two teams, Blanchester and National Trail. So they also have a lot of computer points sitting in front of them. One win should earn them a home playoff game. Two wins should get them a spot in the top four, probably number three I'm projecting. At number nine, we find National Trail. They're in the playoffs. If they want to host a playoff game, however, they probably need to win both this week's game against four and four Twin Valley South and next week's against seven and one Tri-Village. That's that's going to be a tough bite for them. It is possible if they can just get one win, and that's most likely this week against Twin Valley South, they might grab the last spot in the top eight and get that first playoff game at home. We find Twin Valley South at number 14 in the standings this week. They may have done enough already to reach the playoffs. They are an underdog to 6-2 and two National Trail this week, but they finished the season against 1-7 and seven Tri-County North. And doing so, getting a win in that game should wrap up a playoff berth very nicely for Twin Valley South. Number 16, Parkway. You can always count on the team sitting on the bubble to have some interesting (laughs) scenarios here. Yeah, let's see what they've got. They need at least one win against either 2-6 and Delphi St. John's or 2-6 and Anna to hold on to that 16th and final playoff spot. If they can get two wins, they should move up, oh, about three spots to around number 13 in the standings, you know, give or take a place or two. Well, that, I'm sure, has to be their goal here. Mm-hmm. At number 20, we have that two and six Anna team. They are actually favored to beat Parkway in that first game, but they need to win both of their final two games against three and five Fort Recovery this week and then against Parkway next week. If they do that, that might only get them up to 16 in a trip up to Marion Local. And we still have our Canem at number 21. They have an outside chance at the playoffs. They have to beat winless Dixie this week. That doesn't sound that difficult. You know, that's doable. 
And then they have to beat four and four Northwood next week in a game that'll be a little tougher. And doing so gives them a chance. That's all. I, I can't say much more than that. They'll be in the area. They need some things to break their way. Scoreboard watchers at Arcanum if they can pull off those two wins, huh? Oh, and we've made it, Rebecca. All we have left is one little division, just division seven. <laughs> one tiny division. Deep we breath. Just, we bite off quite a bit more than we can normally chew in this division. Well, here we go. We have a few changes in standings here, and we have many possibilities. We'll start at the top. Macomb is number one. They can make sure they finish in the top four with a win over three and five Plymouth this week. You should look that up, Rebecca. I have no idea where Plymouth is. That doesn't sound like anywhere near us, does it? More specific information. It's um north of Columbus in that sort of in-between area between Cleveland and like Toledo. Huh. South okay. of Sandusky. I guess that's just an area I think we've mentioned before. I just never get We're to not it. very familiar with it now. No, I've never I I guarantee I've never been to Plymouth in my life. Macomb wants a win over Plymouth. This week to get that hosting two playoff games thing going. <laughs> and if they can also beat six and two Liberty Benton, they should get the number one seed in this region. In the next two spots, we have number two Antwerp and number three Ayersville. They both secured home field advantage for their first playoff game last week. So, okay, another step up for those two. Both need to win out to obtain two home playoff games. Antwerp faces 1-7 and seven Paulding and 7-1 and one Edgerton, so it'll be a challenge for them. While Ayersville has a slightly easier road, they play 3-5 and five Wayne Trace and winless Sherwood Fairview. At number five, we have Waynesfield Goshen. They are big favorites in their final two games against 2-6 and six Ridgedale and 5-3 and three Harden Northern. They will need both of those. If they want a chance to finish in the top four and host two playoff games. In sixth place, we find Lima Central Catholic. That's a team that's played some tough competition this year. So they've lost a few games and they drop in the standings. Then they win against a good team and they move back up again. They're doing a little bit of the yo-yo thing. This week, they play three and one St. Andrews College from Ontario, which is kind of intriguing. This game was supposed to count at the start of the year. The states looked over St. Andrews College, and they probably noticed that the word college is a name and decided this wasn't a high school football team. And so this game will not count in the computer points. It's just like LCC has an open week. Next week, they will play 6-2 and two Fort Laramie to end the season. Uh, Lima Central Catholic needs a win over Fort Laramie to get that home playoff game. And it could even move them up into the top four because there'll be a lot of points from Fort Laramie if they can win that one. Moving down to number seven, Arlington. The Red Devils, if I remember correctly. You'll have to confirm that for me, but I always kind of like that. Not just a devil, but a red devil as opposed to like Duke or the Blue Devils. That's probably exactly why they did that. Yes, they are the Red Devils. All right. Something about that makes me want to root for them. Number seven, Arlington. They need to defeat either two and six Van Buren this week or four and four Lucas next week to earn their home playoff game. Pretty much the same scenario goes for number eight, Edgerton. They have to win one against either five and three Tenora or eight and no Antwerp. So that's a little more difficult task for Edgerton. Both teams in the playoffs either way, by the way. 
At number nine, we find Pandora Gilboa. If they want to finish in the top eight, host that playoff game, they probably need to defeat both four and four Riverdale and one and seven Corey Rawson. I'm guessing that if they do, though, they're still probably going to end up at number nine and have to go on the road. But they can always hope for an upset to move them up a spot. Upper Scioto Valley currently in the 12th position in the standings. They are newly playoff bound. Hey. Oh, Oh, something with the cat. Yeah, he just ate his food too fast and threw it up on my floor. (laughs) There's some excitement, huh? Hardwood floors make for easy cleanup. Yes, they do. At number 12, Upper Soto Valley, newly playoff bound, thanks to a win over two and six Ridgedale last week. The Rams are expected to win their final two games also. But if they do, expect them to also finish just short of the top eight in the standings. Just behind them at number 13, we have Harden Northern. And Harden Northern is the start of our teams who are not guaranteed to make the playoffs. I do think they should make the playoffs, however, with the win over 4-4 four and four Ridgemont this week. And they are, according to Drew Pasteur's computer, a four-touchdown favorite in that game. It's always nice when you're a four-touchdown favorite when a game you need to make the playoffs. If they could pull off an upset win over undefeated Waynesfield Goshen the next week, they have an outside shot at getting all the way up into the top eight. And next we have Delphus Jefferson, number 14. They're pretty much basically in the playoffs already. And they basically have no hope of reaching the top eight to host a playoff game. Just to be safe, a win over one and seven Spencerville next week would safely put the Jeff Cats into the playoffs. The Jeff Cats. You know, that's another one I wonder about. I, I hear that on, I believe they're officially the Wildcats. And I hear that but on there's so many Wildcats. I understand why they'd want to differentiate. Yeah. Now, I don't know if they want to or if it's just the Lima News that I watch that calls them the Jeff Cats. You know? Somehow I'm thinking that's not an official thing, but they might like it. I don't know. Jeff Cats, Continental News, Jeff Cats, Times Bulletin, Jeff Cats, Delphus Herald. So, in case it doesn't say, if we have any listeners in the Delphus area, I would like to know whether that's a term I should use or should avoid. Well, the local newspaper uses it. So if they haven't been run out of town yet, I think we'll be okay. All right. But yes, if someone has more direct commentary on that, we would love to hear it. Please tell us when we're wrong. Speaking of which, Rebecca, why don't you tell them right now where they can send these notes to? Oh, yeah. Why not do it mid-roll? If you have comments or corrections, please, 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 please send them to us. Um, you can email them to us at bdmonin at nktelka.net. Or you can tweet on Twitter at Bruce Monin. Those will get to us. I was just you trying also, to think of where else you could tweet at if not on Twitter. Uh, you can tweet like in your backyard to the birds, but the, uh, they might not get the message to us. <laughs> yeah, it seems unlikely, yes. You could tweet on Twitter and then take a screenshot and email it and we would get it. Ooh, sounds overly complicated to me. It it does, but you know, people screenshot things and post them on other sites all the time. You know, I am updating from my current iPhone 4 or whatever this thing is I have to a newer version here. Maybe I can try out all this. (laughs) It's like an 11 or something. (laughs) Whatever it is, it's old and 
the battery doesn't work right and it doesn't charge. Right, because it's Apple. Because it's an Apple. And if the battery didn't die, you wouldn't buy a new phone. So, new phone it is. Mm-hmm. I'm happy. I'll be happy when I get that all set up tonight. If it doesn't set up right, I will be unhappy. <laughs> and then in two years, when the battery dies, you'll be happy when you get another one. That's the Apple goal. Constant yep. reinforcement of happiness through sending of money. Mm-hmm. I say this fully as an Apple person as well. <laughs> I'm only an Apple person when it comes to my phone. But Yeah, yep, same. Finishing off Region 26, we have number 17, Convoy Crestview. They are a three-touchdown favorite against two and six Ada this week, and that may be enough for them to reach the postseason if they can win that game. Don't be surprised if next week we happen to mention it would be a good idea for the Knights to win their game over three and five Lipsick, just to be sure, though. At number 19, Delphi St. John's. I don't think they can make the playoffs unless they upset six and two New Bremen next week. It wouldn't hurt them to beat two and six Parkway this week, but I don't think that'll be enough. I think they need to pull off the big upset next week. At number 20, Lipsick. They have a similar task. I think they need to sweep both 7-1 Allen East and 4-4 four and four Convoy Crestview to stay alive for the playoffs. That looks like a daunting task. And meanwhile, number 18 Ada and number 21 Ridgemont, both still alive. Both need two big upsets to end the season to have any realistic hopes. If either one pulls off the first upset this week, we'll be sure to highlight their game for next week. And finally, thank you, Rebecca, for taking a couple of regions. I still have voice left here for Region 28. Anytime. We have one playoff status update. Number one, Ansonia, now guaranteed to host two playoff games. The Tigers should win out and finish number one in this region, though they do have a tough game against 6-1 Preble Shawnee. If they would happen to lose that, they could drop as far as number three in the rankings. In second place, we have Fort Laramie. Likely already have earned their first playoff game to be played at home. Not guaranteed yet, but looking good. If they can get a win over either four and four Lucas or five and three Lima Central Catholic, I think that'll get them into the top four and a second postseason game played at Fort Laramie. In third place, DeGraff Riverside. Heavily favored to beat 4-4 four four Cincinnati College Prep this week. And they're heavily unfavored, heavily expected to lose to undefeated Milton Union the week after. That yeah. sounds like a potential to not move in the standings. Let's see. They're currently number three. I say that puts them right on the edge of whether they finish number four or just below. So that could actually drop them just a little mm. bit. Partially because at number four, we have New Bremen. Gotcha. Favored over six and two Minster this week. They win that. That's likely enough to keep them in the top four in the final standings. Um, it wouldn't. An additional win to end the season against two and six Delta St. John's is required to guarantee them a top four spot. But I think if they beat Minster this week, I think that's probably good enough. That seems like it's going to be a pretty tight game. Same um, record. Same record. Historic rivalry. New Bremen was the big winner last year, but Minster actually had more yardage than New Bremen in a <laughs> 35 to 7 loss. Go figure. 
One of those games, right? One of those games. Speaking of Minster, thanks to a couple of favorable results last week, and I believe one of them was that Graham upset that we mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Minster's now number five and almost guaranteed to host their opening game of the playoffs, even if they lose their final two games. And, you know, since their final two games are against six and two New Bremen and six and two Versailles, that is not out of the <laughs> realm of possibility. Yeah, it's going to be a grind to the finish line. If they can get an upset victory in one of those two games, I would expect the Wildcats to crack the top four of the standings, especially if they beat New Bremen, because that would allow them to pass the Cardinals and take their spot. Mm-hmm. At number seven, Mechanicsburg. They probably need one more win to keep into the top eight. They have an outside shot also at reaching the top four. But to do so, they would have to defeat both five and three West Liberty Salem and four and four West Jefferson. Um, moving down a little farther, Cedarville's number 10. They want to keep that top eight positioning for a first round playoff game. They need to win this week against four and four South Charleston Southeastern. At number 11, Fort Recovery. If they have any chance of hosting their first round playoff game, They need at least one and probably two wins to end the season. And they are playing some intriguing games against two and six Anna and one and seven St. Henry. And both of those teams are much better than those records would indicate. Uh, Fort Recovery will probably finish in ninth place if they win both. So they might need a little help. If they lose both, they'll probably still finish in 12th. So not a lot of room for movement for Fort Recovery to end the season. We mentioned South Charleston Southeastern before. They are number Mm -hmm. 12 right now. They need to win their final two matchups if they want to get into the top eight. They have pretty much 50-50 type games against four and four Cedarville and six and two Springfield Central Catholic. Oops. Oops. That one always always trips me up, Rebecca. They are the backwards one. They are Springfield Catholic Central. Ah, they got you. I don't know why I can never remember that. We're too ingrained with a Lima Central Catholic up there. Could be in Steubenville Central Catholic. And I think there's a couple more Detroit Central Catholic and Toledo Central Catholic. I have to say the Detroit one doesn't come up all that often for me. Yeah, it does for me a little bit in um, following the bigger division schools. Some Mm. of them play up there. In fact, I just saw that. Some of the private schools in Toledo, uh, that would be Toledo Central Catholic and Toledo St. Francis de Sales are having a hard time finding anyone that size that wants to play them in the Toledo area or wants to be in a conference with them. So they are joining a conference with several Detroit area Catholic schools. Ah, that makes I'm sense. Kind of like a small North and South division, I guess. So they may, we may see Detroit Central Catholic pop up occasionally in the future. Not too often, I wouldn't expect. Now, that's still a hefty drive. Yes, it is. At number 15, Sydney Lehman. They did get that game against Covington last week. They beat them quite handily. They look to finish 12th if they can win their last two games and 14th place if they lose their last two games. So, again, another team with not a lot of room for movement at the end of the season here over on the other side of the bubble we have troy christian at number 17 if they want to get up into the top 16 they need to win over either 
three and five Sydney Lehman, who we just mentioned, or two and six Tip City Bethel. Uh, one, like I said, one win puts them right on eh, probably 16th, really kind of in nervous area. Two wins, and they're safely in. No problem, no worries. Everybody's happy at Troy Christian. We find St. Henry, who we just mentioned before, at number 18 in the standings. One more win should still get them into the playoffs. The first opportunity is this week against undefeated Marion Local. I'm not holding out a lot of hope for that one. But they finished the season against three and five Fort Recovery. Now, a bonus is if they beat Fort Recovery, I don't think they're going to be at 16. They should get up to at least 15th place. Okay. Which means if there is one of those weird upsets, they still got a little room to fall backwards and still make the playoffs. So St. Henry's big game should be next week. And finally, we have Tri-County North at number 19. Uh, They really need to defeat 4-4 Twin Valley South next week. And things will clear up a little more by next week. We'll know exactly where that'll put some of these teams if they win their final game of the season. All right. I think that wraps it up for our regular division football teams. Yes, it does. That leaves us just the eight-man football. What excitement do we have in store there? Well, there was a little action this week. Current number one Toledo Christian beat number two Holgate 43 to six. Oh my goodness. Okay. To take over the top spot. Holgate had been number one. No longer. Toledo Christian has grabbed that spot and they grabbed it hard. I'm guessing the you'll see these two fight again in the Northern Eight Conference playoffs to determine just who is the champion of Ohio's <laughs> eight-man football division. Uh, Toledo Christian, I was just listening to a, a podcast that had the commissioner of the league on, and he said Toledo Christian has been guaranteed the top seed in the conference tournament at the end of the season. Okay. Seat. Now, does their tournament start the same time as uh, playoffs do? Yes, their, their playoffs will start the same week that the Ohio High School Athletic Association 11-man teams start their playoffs. It goes for two weeks. Number one team plays number four. Number two plays number three. And I just heard the championship game will be played the next week at Bowling Green High School on a nice artificial turf field, just in case. That'll be fun. So a neutral site. Maybe I can get up there and see the Northern eight, eight man football championship game. That wouldn't be a terrible birthday idea. Yeah, I'll have to find out if it's on Friday or Saturday. It's on Friday. I might be busy for my own playoff games down here. Right. It's on Saturday, we have a possibility. Well, if that uh, eight-man football team commissioner is a listener to the podcast, we would humbly like to request a Saturday game. Yes. <laughs> Somehow I got a feeling they've already booked the stadium. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> And if you're interested in the eight-man football, big game this week. Five and one Toledo Christian plays against six and one, the Tri-State Kings Crusaders out of Indiana. It's the Ohio versus Indiana game. Buckeyes versus IU. So anyway, that wraps up our summary of all of our team's playoff hopes, dreams, desires, and chances this week. We figure. Everything should be a little bit clearer next week when there's only one week left to the regular season. Gosh, I hope so. So We will be here to bring it to you. And the week after, we will come back to preview all of the first round playoff games involving teams in our coverage area. 
So look forward to that also. And then we'll take you all the way through the playoffs right here on Bruce Monin's Computer Points. Yeah, I think that's our sign-off. I don't think we need to add anything more. <laughs> <laughs>